everybody. Welcome to That Supplies Show, where we share tips to maximize barcode and RFID print supplies performance. I'm Christine Weber. And I'm Kelly Renison. Kelly and I have been with Zebra, specializing in supplies for just under 15 years. RFID memory is today's topic. What amazes me about RFID memory is how small the chip in the inlay actually is that stores all the data. It can be as small as 0.15 millimeters, which is six thousandths of an inch. It's hard to believe that something that small can actually hold any data, but they're actually very powerful. I remember using floppy disks back in the 1980s and 90s. It's amazing to think how far we've come since then. When you're talking about memory, you want to understand what are you going to use it for? Why do you want to use it? How much do you want to use? And where are you going to use it? Because that all plays into how much memory you really need in your RFID chips. Right. And that is the million dollar question and what we are going to explore today. It's time for us to start our broadcast. Action. As we mentioned, we are going to dive into RFID memory. RFID chips, which contain memory, have evolved quite a bit since the inception of RFID. In fact, you can compare the evolution similar to that of a cell phone. As technology and conductivity access to databases, the cloud IoT has evolved, chips have gotten smaller, just like everything else. Um, they started lowering the memory and offering a better cost because of that. And so generally, you know, when you talk about high memory versus standard memory, you're looking at something, a high memory is going to be like 512 bits or higher and anything else you would consider kind of standard. 128 bits, 96 bits is what we're looking at, right? So before access data came from the chip, now it comes from the cloud or comes from your database or comes from your program on your handheld. You just need a unique identifier to get to that data. A standard EPC memory chip enables you to create your own unique identifier alongside that TID that is unique on every inlay and access additional data through your host system. Like I said, your handheld or the database or the cloud. Uh, a high memory, you're using the TID as one identifier, and then you put an e a unique identifier perhaps in the EPC code, now you've got kind of a check digit barcode language. Um, and that you can uniquely identify a product um, out in the field. Right. So it sounds like, you know, best practice for data storage on RFID chips is not to store a ton of data on them anymore. It's really to, you know, connect up to that database to get access to data for most applications anyway, right? But there are some where you don't have access to a system, right? Yeah. To leverage a host system um, is really the best practice. Uh, and be able to, again, I'm going to keep saying it over and over, a unique identifier that makes sense to your business case, to your business, um, that will allow you to reach that data. Um, and you're using a lower memory chip, which quite frankly, you can read faster. You can read more faster, even though they're tremendously quick anyway. Um, that can be important, especially in a manufacturing space or a TNL space when you're reading millions and millions at a time. Um, so the lower cost when you're using a license plate versus 
reading all that data, because remember, you have to read that data. That data also then has to be put into your host system and things have to happen from there versus just this unique identifier. Right. So, you know, it sounds like no, high memory chips are no longer the standard as much anymore because of all of the innovation that has happened over, you know, the past many years. And so when do you really need a high memory chip? I mean, what scenarios or situations at a really high level um, would, would it be required? So when you are out in the field, and you can't reach, you have no conductivity, can't, can't reach something, or you don't have information on your host system, on your handheld that perhaps that you're using, or even if you're in a closed loop situation. So if your information is only being used within your four walls, but now perhaps you need to communicate outside those four walls and who you're communicating to can't reach your database, then you're going to have to put that information on the chip. That is when um, organizations need to share manufacturing dates or service dates, right? So specialized equipment, specialized tools come back to different places to be calibrated or repaired. Now it goes back to a hospital environment. We haven't even talked about that. So a hospital environment and they need to know when was the last time this was serviced? When was the last time this was calibrated? They're not going to have access to that database. There's all kinds of reasons. There's security all over the place. So you want to make sure that you can get that information off of the tag. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I guess that's also probably true in automotive, right? With parts manufacturers and the actual OEMs that are manufacturing the cars, right? Yeah, for sure. That's a mandate. There's lots of mandates coming down the line um, from very large manu you know, automobile manufacturers saying, yep, we want to know um, the birth date. I keep calling it the birth date. That's what they call it in the tire industry. I just learned that a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, the manufacturer date or the birth date of this part. Um, and then across the line, right? So all the way down to mm, when did this vehicle get destroyed? Um, and that kind of information is now being mandated in the automobile, aerospace, all kinds of industries. Awesome. And talk a little bit about speed. Um, is that anything you should consider when choosing an RFID chip? Yeah, like I said, I mean, reading an RFID chip is so quick anyway, but certainly if you've got a lot to read. So you're in a room for full of RFID chips, you're trying to find one, um, one item, you want it to read really, really quickly because you're scanning the room and you want to be able to find that one item. Well, if the chip is using all its energy on the memory, it's not going to read as quick. And so it seems silly that, it, that it's maybe a tenth of a second, but add up all those tenths of a second in, in your day and it, it, makes, it makes a difference. Okay, great. Well, any uh, final thoughts on RFID memory that you'd want to share, Kelly? Yeah, so one of the things that I get asked all the time is, I don't know how much memory I need. How much memory should I be using? And I always say, listen, if this is an existing application, let's talk about what you're really doing. And is it time either to A, move to standard memory? Can we do that? Because you probably have the cloud and you have a database. Or are you really even using all that memory? So again, back in 2008, they launched a chip, had high memory. Oh, it has high memory, but I don't need that. So I'm not gonna use it all, but that's all that's on the market. 
Well, fast forward to 2021, there's lots of standard memory options out there now. Um, quite frankly, that's where the foundries are innovating. They're trying to do more standard memory because that's what people are using. It's, it's the supply and demand. People are using standard memory because they have the cloud. And frankly, even if you have a high memory, let's say you have 1,000 bit or 2,000 bit memory, you can get more information if you use the cloud in a database than onto a 2,000 bit product. Great, good. Well, with that, it's a wrap. Until next time, remember there is more to thermal barcode and RFID supplies than what you can actually see. Zebra is here to help you get it right, help you optimize your operations. So please reach out to us or one of our valued resellers. Yeah.